Well, welcome everybody to the Coaches in the Mouth podcast. I've uh, got uh, Bray Cook, Coach Bray Cook here from Pea Ridge. Uh, our buddy, the mouth is out. He's on uh, He's on assignment again. He's on about, assignment. He's on assignment watching some team camps. He's been texting back and forth. Let's get into it. We've got a great mm-hmm. guest today, our BSN guest yeah. today is Coach Eli Drinkers from Missouri, uh, head coach of the Missouri Tigers. Man, I'm really looking forward to this one because uh, just to talk to him about SEC play and plus his, me and you researched mm-hmm. his, his career and the things, you know, he took a chance on himself a few times, mm-hmm. you know, starting off as a junior high coach and where he's at. I, I'm really looking forward to this. Well, his, his coaching history, obviously, at Springdale, um, you know, kind of my, the hometown. And then uh, you talk about he was at, at Alma. You know, he's from Alma, got to coach there, got an opportunity to come back, and um, which obviously we, we one of our uh, in-conference rivals at Pea Ridge. And there's a lot of similarities and a lot of people that we um, – no, a lot of my friends have coached for him or GA'd for him. So I'm really excited to talk to him about uh, some of those young coaches he's worked with. Well, I am too, and just talk to him about his team, and we'll talk to him about Portal, and then you know obviously mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma and Texas coming into the league, and and uh, right. you know in the new schedule you know they've got, and and we'll talk to him about the rival with it, Arkansas, and that that should be a lot of fun. But we're looking forward to that. So let's go ahead and bring him on. I would like to bring in our BSN Sports guest, head coach of the Missouri Tigers, Eli Drinkwitz. How you doing, coach? Looks like you're having a good time on the beach out there. <laughs> Man, I am soaking up the sun. Well, there's not much sunshine, but I'm soaking in some beach relaxation, having some vacation here that quiet time in July before, as we all know, we, we get into fall camp into that season mode. So, chilling. I didn't know you had a pool table, Jeff. We got Polte's full studio here, oh, yeah, baby. Coach. Yeah, full, full, full studio here in Lowell, Arkansas, baby. You can't beat it. Can't beat it. That's all. Can't beat it. Well, let's get in to talk to you. Now, I was doing some research. Of course, I've known you, known you forever, uh, man. With your career, I don't think I've going back and looking. And I've followed coaches my whole life. How many, how you bet on yourself a couple times and it's worked out. Yeah. And I mean, you really have. Let's start this. You're born in Norman, Oklahoma, moved to Alma, Arkansas, Alma, America, when you were one years old. Tell me about the – it's funny, the guys you grew up with, how many are coaches? I mean, you know, the Fimple brothers, Jeremy Burns, yeah. all those guys, a lot more. Tell me about your time growing up in Alma and how big Alma football was and playing for Coach Vines. Yeah, I mean, I think really that's the foundation for me was we were a, a bedroom community that everybody played football. I mean, Friday Night Lights were where, you know, everybody w- wanted to be. And, and I remember going to every Friday night home game. Uh, I remember playing Little League football and just dreaming about being an Airedale. Uh, Coach Vines was one of those legendary figures that, uh, you know, if you saw him in the town, you, you were afraid to go say hi to him. He was just bigger than life itself, you know, and, and – uh, there's a lot of just great people that have that have come out of that that town. You know, obviously you talk about the Temple Brothers. You know, Daryl and Keith and Jeremy Burns and Jared Burns and the Daly Brothers. I mean, there's been a lot of really good football players who were uh, a lot of character and toughness and and uh, you know all the things that make you the character that you have uh, really developed on those football fields. Uh, we were old school two a days. 
uh, starting in seventh grade all the way up to high school. And it was just something about playing for that town and the community. You didn't want to disappoint them, you know? And so, uh, I remember the summer workouts, uh, you know, had to make summer workouts. I remember, uh, I mean, a a lot of really good, fun stories to think back on. I, I do remember a couple of times, uh, when I was young, about 10 or 12, the high schoolers would play rag ball at the local baseball park. And those guys were Keith and Daryl, all right, the Burns brothers. And they'd let these drink with boys come play. And I was the youngest. And uh, they always let me hang around. I don't know if they was because I was like the punching bag or whatever, but I always got to go hang around them. You know, uh, Daryl and Keith's dad cut hair. We didn't come for much uh, growing up. And, and I know several times that, that uh, uh, Terry cut my hair for free just because hell i looked so bad we needed a haircut but i really appreciated uh that community and what they did for for me and my family growing up well and you got such a big family i mean how many brothers sisters you got yeah i got i got three sisters two brothers uh and uh, all graduated from alma high school most of us the smart ones all went to arkansas tech We, (laughs) we, we had one we had one well we had two go to uca it ain't worked out for one of them too good and i blame the uca education more than anything else uh, but, uh, that's, that's a different story. Oh, man. well, you know, you, you, you have your playing career there. You won state championships, I believe your senior year. You know, is it your senior year to play Harrison in the, in the final? Yeah. Well, actually, Jeff, it's actually my junior year. I play Harrison in the finals. Uh, we're up seven to nothing in the third quarter. Uh, they throw a touchdown pass. Tommy Edwards, Tommy Edwards was, I mean, to me, he was as good a player as I'd ever seen. He ends up uh, kicking the game-winning field goal against us with no time on the clock. Uh, ends up going to Arkansas Tech. I don't know what all happened to his career, but, man, I thought he was a great player. My senior year, though, I, we get beat at win. Uh, D'Angelo Williams uh, ran me over at the goal line. I remember coming off the sideline and, and Coach Heslin and Coach uh, uh, Witherspoon, my defensive coordinator there, and they, they, said, they looked at me and said, well, we would tell you you have to get bigger and stronger this summer, but you ain't gonna play football. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure you know what the Angel probably played 15 years in the NFL, and I'm sure Coach Weatherspoon was upset you didn't form tackle him get for a loss yard. Yeah, play. well, I tried to. I tried. The problem was I tried to form tackle him, and that was a dumb decision. I should have gone low. Uh, yeah, man, I, I I remember that game and. Holy cow. I tell you what, though, Bray, here's one of these things that I know Jeff's going to try to to go by, okay? As a young coach, uh, Jeff Williams gets the head coaching job at Southside High School, okay? He's got four openings. And a young guy who just graduated Arkansas Tech University calls him trying to get a job, and he wouldn't hire me. Oh, no. So I had to take a job. I had to take a job at Alma. And uh, end up going to Springdale, but you know, one of those things I look back on in life and just said, "What if?" You know, what what if Jeff well, Williams? And, 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 and the it's other funny if. part, you don't know this, was Mike Norvell was a GA at 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 UCA, and I tried to talk to him about coming also, and and I tell people this all the time. I said, "Man, I can spot t- <laughs> talent a mile away. I just don't know where to put them." <laughs> yeah. Now, hey, Jeff, I was trying to think about this, okay? In about eight or nine, you played for the state championship. Was it against Bentonville or was it against Harbor? I believe it was Harbor. We, yeah. In 08, we, so we won it in 06, and then 07, the famous uh, 
Springdale High School comes out in a split defense. They never ran it for in a while. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get him that. What a great stuff. Yeah, never, never ran that for Never heard that. Never ran it for in their lives. And hadn't ran it since. <laughs> and so, anyway, uh, 08, we, we played Bentonville in the finals. And, and then 09, we, uh, the famous whopping fifth seed rolled in to War Memorial. And, and the great story about that, me and Brave talked about this a hundred times off there. Keith Fimple, the defense coordinator, defense coordinator goes, hey, we're going to let the quarterback beat us. Well, about the first quarter, the quarterback's done for about 130 yards and rushed for 60. I go, hey, man, that guy's beating us. He goes, yeah, I'm watching the same game. <laughs> that, that, that was when that old thing came out. It was like uh, Bill Belichick said, hey, if Thurman Thomas rushes for 100 yards. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good on Sunday. for us. Yeah, that sounds – that that sounds good on Sunday. Well, you, you go to Arkansas Tech, you, you graduate, and and you, you well, we just talked about you go work at Alma for you know a year or so, and then you know you're you're eager to move up. You're you're kind of stuck there. And, and back then, people don't really you know people in Alma they just didn't leave when I mean, they were there forever. Right now they didn't leave. They didn't leave, and so you take off and you student taught at, at Springdale, I believe, and then you went back up to to Springdale and and worked for Coach Johnson as offense line coach first. Yeah, so I went to I went to student taught at Springdale with Gut with Coach Malzahn and that's where I had a relationship with him and, and uh actually stayed and taught an alternative education that spring semester. Got offered a job at Alma, uh went back for a year and then Springdale Harbor split off. Uh Springdale Springdale High School, Springdale Harbor split off. And uh Coach Johnson took the Springdale High School job and I got a chance to come back and, and uh Really was an awesome opportunity. It was a tough decision, you know. Like you said, people in Alma don't leave that community means so much to the, you know, uh, to everybody there. And and coaches were on a different, you know, level. I mean, you you got treated really well to be a coach at Alma, and so. Uh, but I just felt like for me it was time, and, and I, I guess that's kind of a, I don't know if it's a theme uh, in, in my life, but just uh, a decision like that. I just kind of knew I needed to take a jump and a leap of faith. I could either stick at this and stay in, I wouldn't say it was a rut, but uh, maybe the path that was easier to go kind of blaze my own path and decided to do that and, and uh, did that for four years. Really interesting thing happened. So coach Johnson was diagnosed with cancer. The job comes open and, and uh, I applied for the head coaching job. I'm going to be one of the youngest head coaches. Thought I was ready for it. Didn't get it, you know, didn't get it. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, well, you know, my, my career's over. I'm never going to get a job. You know, the, all those things were oh, yeah. a And about three weeks later, Gus Malphon calls and says, hey, I've got this quality controlled position. It's $15,000 a year, no benefits, uh, and we'll see if we can get your wife a job teaching. At that time, I had a, a, a two-month-old daughter. I remember. And I'm thinking, and, and I mean, we're at Springdale. We're making great money. My wife and I, my wife was a teacher in the district. I was a teacher in the district. And and uh, honestly, I, I tell my wife this all the time. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have done it. Um, she She's the one that said, hey, we need to do this. We'll, you'll always regret it if we don't take this chance. And uh, and we did it. And, uh, I mean, it was <laughs> – oh, man, I, I, those are some uh, – Those are some great yeah. phone calls. Some great phone calls. But I'll, I'll tell you this uh, – you know, you learn real quickly. You know, Coach Malzahn told me my job was to make sure that I was there before he was and to make sure the coffee was ready. And so I'm the best coffee maker probably to this day. I, I, I mean, I can make a pot of coffee like that. 
and uh and then i was i was responsible for getting him his breakfast and lunch and and uh you know i'll never forget in, in about 2011 he, he said eli you're a getter dunner no matter what i tell you to do you find a way to get it done and, and uh you know i think that's what led to him ultimately hiring me in 2012 as the running back coach special teams coordinator at arkansas state now the funniest thing about that is I had zero special teams. For, I had zero special teams knowledge or responsibility in my two years at Auburn. I didn't sit in a single meeting. I was the old <laughs> line today. Uh, and I, I mean, oh my gosh, we uh, we were playing Memphis. We got a pump block for a touchdown. We muffed the pump for for uh, a touchdown. Okay, yeah, but fourteen points in special teams. We didn't we win in the game. I get called in the next day by Gus, and he's like, Coach, if you don't get this fixed, I'm going to have to let you go. And I'm like, Coach, I have no idea how to fix it. I mean, I don't even know what we're doing. It was like a Seinfeld episode with Costanza. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, I, I remember, I think y'all went to play to Oregon or somebody, and, and you, oh, you yeah. called me. You were so proud because y'all led the, led the nation in kickoff returns that, that day. I mean, that, yeah, that week. In touchbacks. In touchbacks. Uh, we, we, <laughs> yeah, so we we go up to Oregon. I've never flown across the Rockies before. We go to Oregon <laughs> play an 8 o'clock game. I look up, and it's the end of the first quarter. It is 35 to nothing. And Coach Malzo walked by me and said, you better not give up a score on special. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, special teams the least of our problems. <laughs> <laughs> we were down 50 to nothing at halftime we ended up coming back we scored about, i don't know maybe 28 we, we land the next morning and we get in there and coach goes he goes boys all of us own chip kelly if we could ever do anything for chip kelly that guy could have scored 100 points <laughs> on us <laughs> so to this day we're all we're all thankful to chip for chip kelly our careers Oh, yeah. well, it, it, oh, so man. Gus is there a year and everybody kind of probably knew he wasn't going to be there real long. And yeah. you make, a, I thought was a pivotal move. I mean, in your career, he goes yeah. to Auburn and you stay at Arkansas state. And, and, and I know you liked Arkansas state a lot, but I mean, yeah. SEC yeah. to Sunbelt. And, and I remember you staying, I mean, you talked about it and you just, one thing about you is you get your mind made up. Nobody's going to deny you, and you yeah, ain't changing. Probably true. You, you know what I mean? Well, talk yeah, about well, that transition, what, though. Him leaving, you've yeah. been with him. He's got you into it, and now you're working with a guy yeah. you really don't know. Yeah, I tell you what, man. That that was kind of an interesting four weeks of my life. Uh, we're on the road. We're on the road. We, we win the uh, Sunbelt Championship. We all go on the road recruiting. And, you know, it's starting to become real that Gus is going to get that Auburn job. He gets it, calls us in off the road. None of us have, si have signed contracts, okay? And, uh, you know, Gus says he's going to take care of it. And I knew he would, would have something for us. Um, but we, we all go in, and, and the AD at the time, which I have a tremendous amount of respect for, Terry Mahajra, gives me the greatest line. Because we none, none of us have contracts. So as soon as, they're, as soon as bowl game's done, we're all done. And he says, guys, just like the Godfather, this is the life you've chosen. <laughs> and that, that has stuck with me for the rest of my career. Like, man, don't complain about it. this is the life you've chosen. 
and so they hired Brian Harson, and I had I had no idea, never met Brian before, never talked to him. But what most people don't know at that time was Alba was going through a coaching change. Sure were. I had actually received a phone call and was I mean, you can't technically offer jobs unless the board and all that stuff, but but given the opportunity to go back home for a lot of uh, for for really more than I was making as I was making fifty thousand dollars a year to run back coach Stephen coordinator at Arkansas State. They were talking about six figure jobs. Uh or I could go to Auburn as uh like a senior assistant to the head coach off the field, you know, uh, or I could stay making fifty thousand dollars a year as the co-offensive coordinator running back coach with a guy I'd never met before. And man, something something just told me if I was gonna really make it, I needed to go out and make it. And at some point I was gonna have to leave Gus and it's hard to get jobs, man, especially in college football. It's really hard to get to break in. And so I just felt like and, – and, and I had to tell Alma no prior to even having the job at Arkansas State. So I had to tell them no um, before the end of December. Brian Harson didn't offer me a job until about the 1st of January. Um, but kind of in the back of my mind, I was thinking, hey, you know, if I take this chance and it doesn't work out, I, Gus will always be able to help me at Auburn. Uh, but I may never get this chance again. So I did it. <laughs> a year later, Brian Harson gets the Boise State job. I'm kind of in the same situation. He takes me with him, end up becoming the offensive coordinator there, have a chance to go to NC State, go to NC State, offensive coordinator for three seasons, have just a tremendous time. Dave Warren, uh, was an excellent head coach to work for. You know, now that I'm not calling plays and just trying to be a head coach, I think about all the things that he used to teach me. Uh, but I kind of, kind of came to this same pivotal deal. I was, I'd been at NC State for three years. There had been a couple of offensive coordinator jobs in, in the SEC that I didn't get. And I was kind of like, oh my gosh, man, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe my time's passed. Uh, and out of the blue, App State calls. Uh, their their coaching search had kind of gone. Everybody thought they kind of knew who they were going to hire and uh, it didn't work out for whatever reason. And uh, I go interview on a Sunday and they call me on Wednesday and offer me the job. And man, that w- it was a fast turnaround. But man, we had a great football team. Uh, we had a really good football team. Uh, you know, Satterfield left that cupboard. Those guys knew how to win. I was able to retain some coaches, bring some coaches, and uh, that was that was an incredibly fun year to coach. We had such a great leadership, and we had a great quarterback, Jack Thomas, Darrington Evans, Akeem Davis, Jathers, who plays for the Bengals. Uh, I mean, we we had a really good football team, and uh, had an opportunity to go to, to uh, North Carolina week three. And beat North Carolina at North Carolina, which was as big a win in App State history. I know they beat Michigan, and that was big. And, uh, but man, right there, number two probably is that win right there. And then uh, midway through the season, we got beat at, at, on a Thursday night in a freaking blizzard by uh, Georgia Southern, and everybody was down because not only did we lose, we we had been undefeated, but we lost. Now we were a game and a half. We were two games behind them in the in the, the division so man things were bleak and i'll tell you what there's one place you lose a game those people will get after your butt is appalachian state man they don't put up with losing at all they, they love they football were, there they oh love they love football. football and they don't they don't like to lose and when you lose they, they let you know about it i mean they were burning twitter down they were done with me already <laughs> and uh we're gonna go to south carolina well <laughs> 
Will Muschamp was the head coach of South Carolina, and Will had a chance to hire me as an offensive coordinator, and for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And I always remembered that. And before the game, I was shaking his hand, and I said, man, Will, I'll never forget. I had an opportunity to come work for you, and it didn't work out. And he started laughing. And uh, he, I, I was serious, you know. <laughs> and, man, we ended up playing the game of our life. I mean, the game of our life. Uh, and end up beating them. They had a chance. They had they converted like two fourth and nineteen on the last drive and overthrow it. And we beat them in the fourth quarter and end up going on to win the the Sun Belt Championship and having a heck of a season. And, and uh, man, I was I, it was a lot of fun to be a head coach that year. Uh, and I thought, boy, I have this thing figured out. And then I tackled the SEC. And then I figured out I don't have this thing figured out. That thing gets, you know, they say new levels, new devils. It's the same thing as a head coach. And holy cow. Uh, so now here at Missouri and, and going on my fourth season, been some really high highs and there's been some low lows, man. Uh, but still working. Uh, I feel like we got a really good football team. I feel like I got the right people in place uh, at the coordinator positions, man. Really proud of. Uh, Blake Baker, our defensive coordinator, who was actually with me on that first staff at Arkansas State. Kirby Moore, an offensive coordinator. So really excited about this season and, and what what opportunities lie ahead of us. Well, you look at your team last year, you know, I was just researching. I remember I watched all your games, obviously, and a lot of games. And, you know, y'all started off slow a little bit and just lost a lot of close games. I mean, you go look at the all year long. I mean, besides yeah. the Tennessee game, which that was crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, everything else was, you know, you got Georgia, you got the national champion on the ropes in the fourth quarter, you got those guys. But then you come back and you finish strong at the end of the year. Uh, tell me with, what's your roster look like right now because everybody's turned yeah. over. And, and, and where do you think you are? Because the SEC's about to change with Texas, Oklahoma. We'll get into that later. But is yeah. where are you at right now with your bunch and, and your group? Yeah, last year was a – I mean, it was a strange year. I knew going yeah. into the season our schedule was really difficult early. And, you know, obviously we had to go to K-State, end up being a Big 12 champs. We had Georgia at home. We were on the road at Auburn, at Florida. I mean, we first three of the – you know, four of our first six were – we were going to be underdogs, and so had a tough row ahead of us. Uh, and, and I mean, just missed some breaks. You know, we play Auburn and, and uh, self-inflicted issues get us beat. You know, miss a field goal, never extend yeah. the ball on the goal line except for fourth uh, down or the last play of the game. Well, we did it on the second play of overtime. Uh, jumped off sides on a missed field goal. I mean, just so many self-inflicted wounds, and and that was one of the toughest locker rooms I've ever been involved in. We had players you know, really beat up and hurt and angered and coaches. And, and uh, for us to bounce back the way we did against Georgia, um, but come up short, you know, and then yeah. the very next week we go on the road to Florida and battle our butt off and come up short. And, and that's the hardest part when you see guys putting in the effort, but they don't get the result. Uh, and, and that's where you just got to stick to it, stay the course. And, and uh, we were two and four the bye week and, I'm very appreciative of our board uh, and our athletics director and president saying, hey, we believe in what Eli's doing. Gave me an extension uh, probably when I didn't deserve it. Uh, and we end up beating Vanderbilt, beating, going on the road, beating the top 20 team at South Carolina. Take a really tough break against uh, Kentucky. I still can't believe that rule. Uh, the, the official said, 
So a punter is still a punter if he runs 50 yards that direction, the opposite direction. He's still in pun form. Uh, but anyway, lose a tough one there and, and, and win the last two games, have to hold off a very difficult Arkansas team. K.J. Jefferson, I think, probably one of the best quarterbacks in the country, if not the best in the SEC, uh, you know, to get bowl eligible. So very proud of the resolve that our team had. I, I just think it added another layer of toughness uh, to what we're trying to build. You know, our team, uh, I think the best recruiting we did was we were able to retain eight players who had NFL draft grades. Um, you know, Javon Foster, Harrison Mevis, uh, our left tackle um, is Javon Foster, uh, all-SEC player, Harrison Mevis, all-SEC kicker. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Tyron Hopper, all-SEC linebacker, uh, Chris Abrams-Strain, Interstate Straw, both all-SEC all caliber corners. J.C. Carlisle, the SEC uh, uh, caliber safety. Uh, we got a transfer in Prevez uh, uh, Johnson, who is uh, was a starter at Florida this past year. Our middle linebacker, Chad Bailey's back. Darius Robinson, an all-SEC caliber defensive tackle, uh, is going to slide out the defense end. You know, Jeff, you used to always say, you got to be strong up the middle, right? Got to be strong well, up the all middle. six, all six of our uh, defensive tackles return. Our, our, our three of our four linebackers return, and, and one of them is coming back from injury, so that'd be four. And our two starting safeties return. Okay, so we're we're strong in the middle on defense. You know, we've got some really good younger players who are really developing. I really like the depth of our team on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we added a transfer at right tackle. Uh, our right guard, Armand Nimbu, uh, is an incredibly gifted player. Started it for us as a true freshman the last three games of the season at tackle. We're going to move him into guard. So really like where the offensive line situated. Our wide receiver core is deep. Uh, here, here's the stat for you. 31 of our players on our roster have started five or more college football games. Wow. 31 players wow. on our roster have started five or more college football games. I don't I don't know if I've ever been a part of anything like that. I know I haven't. But that's just college football now with name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal. You're able to kind of go out and fill holes and, and continue to build some depth. Uh, obviously, we got to get some quarterback play. Got really some capable guys that are going to really battle in fall camp to see who gives us the best chance to uh, be explosive and score points. Well, you just hit this. Portal, NIL. They, I mean, kind of a two-part. We'll start the, when this first came out, and, and we had Houston Nutt on earlier, just talking about what he would do, and you know if he was still coaching and different guys. And I've talked to different. When Portal NIL came out, what was your plan, and what did you do as far as staff-wise, as far as organization-wise getting ready for that and what's your approach with the, the portal first and then second part with NIL? Whew. Those are two <laughs> uh, good questions. I think the portal thing first was we had to kind of develop a strategy and, and, and then it's kind of evolved a little bit over time. Um, it's evolved a lot for me. The first thing I wanted to do was utilize uh, the transfer portal to, to fix roster issues. Um, and, and figure out, okay, what, what are the, where are the areas that we're weak? Can we get somebody out of the portal who's going to be, um, more ready to play to fill this hole, maybe instead of junior college or supplement the junior college field? Um, you know, now as we've gotten into it, 
with roster management because of the ability to transfer every year. Uh, it's kind of become there's to me, there's four ways that you can build a roster. Now, the first one is retention. So the very first thing you got to retain the players on your team. And every year this starts over. So in December, you retain the players on your team. Then you get your signees. All right. And then after that, you compose the rest of your roster through NIL. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, Coach Nutt talked about this and Bray, because Bray was talking about, you know, if he was still – because oh, we had Casey yeah. over here, if they were still playing, you know, and he Bray's talking about ain't that ever – Every single restaurant in Northwest Arkansas, because we, we would kill it. I mean, we'd be eating good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it did that. One thing Houston brought up was how do you manage the locker room? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a pro team, but, you know, you know, Bray's making getting this much, and they all know. They all know what they're all getting. How, how, do, you, how do you manage that? Uh-huh. <laughs> Love it.
Good, good deal. Bray, go ahead, and then we're, we're going to go back and forth here a little bit. Yeah, Coach. Um, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, I was with uh, uh, Joseph Calcagni this morning, uh, Purple Dog now. Uh, and we, we were kind of telling some stories about you. But uh, looking at your career, and obviously Coach Coach Williams and I have uh, I've gone back and forth and, and kind of researched you these last couple of days. But you started as that high school coach, made that jump uh, to go be that GA or that off-the-field a young coach position at Auburn. Um, and I look at my career, and it was, it was the opposite. I started as that GA and then jumped into the high school ranks. Uh, and now after Coach Williams um, went to Siloam, and now a head coach. Looking back, um, I wish I would have had that get her done that you talked about earlier, you know, as a GA. And some of those things you don't quite understand um, or, or realize as a young coach. Um, what's something that you look for? When you when you do hire a GA, because I think that job is obviously so important, and and that role is is sometimes misunderstood. Yeah, uh, in, in talking about, go ahead.
Sure. And and you talk about Coach Davis. Uh, you know, he was in town with uh, Tritola. And and one thing that we talked about was the, the JUCO life. I and mean, you mentioned, you know, you know, his experience there and how, how vastly different and how impactful. And you mentioned learning some lessons, maybe getting humbled a little bit, um, and how big of an impact that that can have on a, on a young coach. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. Let's just change roles here a little bit. Let's talk SEC a little bit. My question, we'll go back to Bray, is – Oh, you in Texas. I looked I looked at your schedule for next year and the, the Sooners are you got the Sooners on it. Way college football's shaping. Tell me what you think. You know, it's gonna be just major conferences and everybody else is going away, kind of one of those deals. That's my opinion. With OU and Texas coming in, I mean, it's already brutal. And you know you know, it's already I mean, I look at everybody's schedule, you know. Even even Alabama or Georgia, it's still brutal, you know. Even with where they're at, is what's your take on them coming in? And also with the everybody's going to play eight games next year. You for the you want nine or vice versa. But with OU in Texas, what do you see the what do you see the landscape of the SEC being in the next five years in the landscape of college football? Which is if you can answer this, they need to hire. <laughs> Yes, yes, sir, it does. Oh, no. Well, you, you and, and to be honest, with you, you and Arkansas have have gotten that. Though. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. unbelievable. I mean, the scale. I mean, the scale. Don't think they didn't just pull them out.
And now you mentioned a couple of, of Arkansas's, you know, rivals in the past growing up. Uh, for me, it was always Texas. Uh, then, you know, it became LSU. Uh, now it's, you know, it's Mizzou. Uh, my senior year, we beat Texas. We beat LSU. We did not beat Missouri. Uh, what uh, Missouri got is 21, uh, I believe 14. What, uh, what does that battle line trophy mean to your program? Uh-oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, being an Arkansas guy, and this literally happened about three weeks ago. I don't think I've told you this. So I'm driving down the road, and I'm not paying attention. Sports radio's on, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not my halfway listening on the phone here or there. And this, this sports radio guy, I don't remember who it was, goes, you know, I can't stand that guy. He's one notch lower than Eli Drinkwich. I mean, being from Arkansas, how does that make you feel? I mean, I'm sitting there going, I've known this guy. He's a good guy. He's a bad guy, you know. But you've really stirred the rival up. <laughs> oh yeah.
Well, let me ask you this, and we'll get you off here so you can get back to the beach and everything. Uh, what is the loudest stadium you've you've coached in? And there's some big, I mean, national championship games, you, you know, Auburn, Alabama games. Y'all have had some big ones up there. What, where you thought, my God. Because they jumped up, what, 21 to nothing on y'all, and then y'all came back? Well, Eli, I tell you what, uh, look forward to watching your team. I, I you know, we're, we're close friends, and I, I keep up with yeah. you. And, 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 you know, and I'll text you the things I think you need to work on. I know you listen to me a lot. <laughs> That's what I wanted. I'll go to the meetings and walk out there. Give me about seven hours. I got this guy picked out, man. It won't be a, won't be a problem. If it doesn't work out, it'll be all your fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, man, we appreciate you taking time out. Uh, be nice. You got the SEC media day going up. Be nice to, to Bob Holt. Remember that. Uh, I saw Bob the other day. I told him, make sure you were, you were acting right. And so be nice to Bob up there and everything. But, uh, Well, it was uh, it was Chuck, my man Chuck Barrett. Yeah, yeah, you got on Chuck over there. The
Well, I, I agree, <laughs> that, and I, Chuck and me are friends. We, we've we've made some road road trips, and and uh, I hadn't heard Chuck say anything bad about you in a while, and and, and not. He's kind of getting over it, but but I like I said the other day, I was just driving down the road. I went, my God, but. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy. But hey, man, we appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you taking time out of your vacation. We're gonna have you on during the year. Uh, hey, look forward to seeing the SEC media day. All right, see you. Thanks, coach. See you, buddy.